we're going to take today's episode nice and easy. I fell through the drop ceiling at work about 10 feet. I have four stitches in my hand from trying to catch the drop ceiling falling through. I landed on my right shoulder and right side of my head. So I have a fracture right above my jaw on this side. And then I had a small brain bleed on the left side of my head here. Um, Nothing's broken on my shoulder. They took an x-ray of it, but there's definitely something fucked up with it. It hurts to cough. It hurts to laugh. It hurts to do anything. Um, I need, really need to get an MRI to see if anything's torn. But I still did not fall as far as Belichick fell from the graces of the Patriots. Live from Delaware, it's Hoagies and Pierogies with your hosts, Ian DiCarlo. We're getting a little double down. Chocolate rain. And RJ Hammond. What's more hot tea in my life? Let's just say he was a good lover. Goodbye, Belichick. Thank you for everything. All right, everybody, welcome to Hoagies and Pierogies, episode 85. I'm your host, Ian DiCarlo, and yes, I am in extreme pain. Extreme pain. Um, I just took a misstep at work, fell right through the ceiling, and yeah, here I am. Out of the hospital, thank God, I was only in there for a day, just over a day. So, um... Enough about me, though. I forgot to go over all the head coach firings and everything like that on Monday, but that definitely worked out in our favor. It's a somber day, that's for sure. Okay, let's get into the college uh, changes first. Nick Saban is retiring. This came out of nowhere. I feel like they would have a really good shot at the Natty next year with Jalen Milrow coming back. And I don't I don't really know how many of their players they're losing in the draft and like to the transfer portal. Like Their cornerback, their star cornerback is going. To the transfer portal, transfer portal, and people are saying he's going to Georgia. I can't remember what his name is, but that's besides the point. Uh, Forty-four first-round draft picks and only twenty-nine losses as the head coach of Alabama. That will never, 
ever be bested by anybody. That's insane. Uh, there were a bunch of rumors to take over the head coach, but eventually the uh, person to take it over was Washington's head coach, Kalen De- uh, DeBoer. He took the job. Uh, last week I posed the question, but now I really, really wonder how uh, Washington is going to fare in the future in the Big Ten. That's not going to be good for them. Not going to be good for them at all. Uh, the Spartan Peach from DeBoer has DeBoer, DeBoer has come out of nowhere or has come out and it was a whole lot of just nothing. He got all fake emotional. He was only the head coach for two years, which is for him to get this emotional about it is insane. The funniest thing to me was like, <sighs> I've been thinking about this hard for the past 24 hours. And then later in the speech, he says, don't make knee jerk decisions, guys. Don't choose to leave Washington. Don't leave what we have. Dude, you're leaving after two years. Let them be. <laughs> Let them make their choices. Jesus. Just say he got the opportunity of a lifetime that he couldn't pass up. I mean, being the head coach of Alabama is pretty, pretty prestigious. All right. Speaking of Washington, I figured it out. Michael Panix definitely looks like Maria Taylor. 100%. There is no denying it. Uh, last thing about the NCAA, the they are punishing FSU for recruiting violations. I thought we were over that. I thought we were completely done with these recruiting violation bullshits. Just leave them alone. You are kicking them while they're down. That's just sad. Just leave FSU alone. Next year, they get DJ Ulongale, uh, so... I think they will do well with an actual quarterback behind them. Oregon State was doing well, but uh, the rest of the team kind of kind of sucked. They definitely weren't as well. They didn't suck, but they definitely weren't as good as like FSU's defense was. So, watch out for FSU next year. I think they will do well. Okay, so here are all of the head coaching changes in the NFL. Uh. So we got Arthur Smith, Ron Rivera, Pete Carroll, Belichick, Vrabel. And then we have like the opening for the Raiders and the opening for another team. But that's besides the point. Um, We forgot to go over when the Saints beat the Falcons. How Arthur Smith started just yelling at Dennis Allen. I'm pretty sure I did mention that. That he said, that's fucking bullshit that you scored the last touchdown. And Dennis Allen was like, I understand, I understand. But after that tirade, I mean, it was clear that Arthur Smith was just very afraid that he was going to lose his job at that point. So I'm pretty sure that's why he got so worked up. Now, the Falcons have the opportunity to do something hilarious and hire Belichick. They already interviewed them. They already interviewed him for their head coaching position. So (laughs) for (laughs) he will never, the first question has to be, so how would you uh, take care of the ball when you're up 28 to three in the Super Bowl? I got that for somewhere on Twitter. Don't, don't think that's original. Um, I'm 100% on Jameis' side, though. This was for the players. This is for an incentive, I think. If Jamal Williams got a touchdown, I'm pretty sure he got a couple extra bucks in his pocket. Fuck the Falcons. (laughs) 
Um, for Rivera, it was just time for him to go. I mean, they already had this kind of, I'm pretty sure like the Patriots have almost, this kind of succession plan with Biennemi. He was the assistant head coach last year, and I'm pretty sure that he's going to end up being their head coach next year. It would only make sense. I, They should give him a chance. I really feel like he should have been the head coach just to begin with last year. Uh, this was also interesting. The Chargers fired Brandon Staley, like we all know. And Kellen Moore was inter- interviewed for their job before Mayo got hired. I figured it would be really cool if Kellen Moore would got a chance to be the head coach for the Patriots. That would have been awesome, but I'm perfectly happy with Mayo, and we will get into that. I won't miss it this time. Um, but, yeah, Kellen Moore should definitely get a headshot at the Chargers head coaching job. I feel like he should have had it last year anyway. And, and another person, just like how Biennemi should have had the uh, commander's job. Moore should have had the Chargers job last year. Uh, this one was kind of a surprise. Pete Carroll and the Seahawks part of ways. Uh, Carroll said that this was a front office decision of, of people that don't really know football. I guess, you know, people that are in charge of the money. But uh, the Belichick replacing Pete Carroll theory is intriguing here, but I definitely don't see Bill wanting to move to Seattle. Seattle is kind of just, yeah, after being in New England for so long, I think he would want to move to somewhere better, like a San Diego or, you know, like a maybe even a Tennessee, like an Atlanta, somewhere warmer. Uh, Vrabel's firing was definitely surprising, especially after they rallied to beat the Jaguars to keep them out of the playoffs. That was shocking after everyone was just so, like, it seemed like everyone was so complimentary of his coaching style this season, and every everyone around the league really, like, came together this year and really said, hey, Vrabel is a great coach. And then he goes and gets fired after beating the Jags. I don't understand that at all. Um, I would like to see, I would have liked to see them keep him around for a full year of Will Levis. I mean, that's probably going to be their starting quarterback next year, let's be honest, because Tannehill's not going to be there, so who else do they have? Um, I I never really wanted the Patriots to trade for him. Why trade for a head coach? That, to me, doesn't make any sense. We have We don't really have that much capital. We just have a high draft spot. So don't get rid of any of those picks just to get Rabel. That doesn't make any sense to me. And it would have taken like a third or a second rounder, which I would not have wanted in the slightest. Uh, yeah, they need as much draft capital as, as possible right now. <sighs> in the big whopper, uh, this was the big one. I even said in the podcast last week, it's it's only Tuesday, so we'll see what happens when this goes up on Thursday. And what happens on Thursday? Belichick is fired. Not well. They parted ways. Him and Robert Kraft mutually agreed to part ways, which totally makes sense if Bill was not willing to give up the GM position, which is what I've been saying all along. If he was not get willing to give that up, then he had to go. Um, I really think it would be hilarious if like six more teams fire their head coach just to say, "Hey, fuck it, let's try to get Belichick." And it's just like a free-for-all or half the teams in the league need a new head coach. So it'll just be a 
huge, huge carousel of coaches going, just switching spots, just trading places. I think that would be awesome, and I think the league would appreciate a reset like that. Kind of not getting stale, but it's hard to the Chiefs running through the playoffs like crazy, and it, it seems like they're going to make another crazy run. Fuck, I did last year on January 17th predict that Mayo would be the next head coach of the Patriots. I didn't really have anything else to go over for Patriots OC. O'Brien seems like the likely choice. Yeah, that's And I hope Gerard Mayo takes over as head coach once Belichick gets shoeless record. I hope that's why they're extending him. Hmm. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be very cool. And he's kind of the de facto DC if they do extend him. I think he'll kind of take over that part for Belichick for the most part. Yeah, I could see that happening. He's been there forever, I feel like. I feel like I've heard from from him for the longest time with the Patriots, but Dude, I love Gerard Mayo so much. Yeah, he is like he's like someone that I think about. Like when I think of Patriots, like now I, I don't think of much about Brady because he's been a buck for a while now. Like Gerard Mayo is a hundred percent one of them. I didn't explicitly say that they would work it into his contract. But I said that what if down the line when uh, Belichick gets Shula's record, what if Mayo becomes the head coach after that? Came a little bit sooner than expected, but Mayo was the head coach, baby. Let's go. That's why I do this podcast. Your predictions like those, right? That's what I love to look back on that shit like that. Um, According to Schefter, the Patriots aren't in a hurry to hire a GM, which doesn't make any sense to me. And they may even wait until after the draft. Uh, come on. Matt Groh, really? The one who helped us get Cole Strange and Tyquan Thornton in the first and second round? And Belichick agreed to it? I'm. He's had so many misses, and today during the uh, press conference, Kraft did say that they would look outside the organization, but that they would prefer to keep it inside the organization for GM hires, which is disappointing to hear. I would like an outside perspective. And Kraft's like, oh, that's how we run business. Come on, you got to move with the times with Mayo. Mayo seems like he's ready to get it going and bridge that gap between the old ways and the new ways and kind of just bring the two together. The The best part about it, I think he said, was he needed to get time away from Belichick, which is why he left the organization, or, or which is why he didn't decide to come coach for them right away. So he took like four years off to get away from Bill and then to come back and implement his new ideas of player development and relationship building and all that kind of stuff with the players. And that linebacking core, like I said, is always hype. They're always ready to run through a brick wall. A lot of people are saying Judon should be the GM. So let's go. I'm on board with that, baby. I mean, a player GM, a player GM. I would love for it to happen. That would be awesome. Um, 
I, I just really think that someone from the outside should come in, though, for real. It's not coaching. It's just having players that are talented enough. Having players that are more talented than the other players on the other team, period. That's what the NFL comes down to nowadays, winning those one-on-one matchups. And you can't win those one-on-one matchups with technique. You need the strength and the speed right off the bat, or you're not going to win. I, I have so many uh, different theories about where these head coaches are going to go, but I'm just kind of going to let those dominoes fall in place. Um, like I said, a little bit tired today, a little bit in pain, but we're, we're doing good. Got those oxies. <laughs> but all right, let's get into wild card weekend. And it was wild. Holy shit. Got the first three games wrong. <laughs> Got the next three right, though, so not too bad. Three and three. Um, okay, so Browns and Texans first up. Browns looked like they forgot how to play football. Uh, it was a back-and-forth shootout, actually, to start out with. It was 14-17 and 17 at halftime, but back-to-back pick, six, pick sixes by Flacco was the dagger there. Uh it was all Texans in the second half, 38-14, and then it was 45-14 to eventually. Uh, Houston is hot, and they're going to show up against the Ravens. I I think that will be the game of the week. I think the Packers could also show up against the 49ers, but it, well, that's, that's a little bit different. I do think that the Texans will put up a great fight against the Ravens. Really looking forward to that game. It's the first game of the weekend on Saturday at 4 o'clock. So, yeah, I got that one wrong. The Browns, eh, out of the playoffs. Moving on to the sub-zero game here. Negative 4, negative 25 wind chills. Holy shit. Uh, We better look through the uh, obituaries in the Kansas City's newspaper. Because Dolphins fans will kill, so they better watch out. <laughs> a uh, Bills fan was killed near Dolphin Stadium after last weekend's game, after the last regular season game in Miami. Um, let's see here. I'll read through the story. Police in South Florida say a man f- fatally shot a 30-year-old Buffalo Bills fan during an altercation near Hard Rock Stadium after the Bills defeated the Dolphins in the final regular season game. Um, as this guy and his friends were returning to their vehicle, they had an altercation with the driver of another vehicle a few blocks from the stadium. And the driver pulled out a gun and fired shots at them. And he uh, he died. So you better look out. Uh, we have a serial Dolphins killer on the loose. This is not good. But, dude, this game was on Peacock, and I was pissed because I didn't want to get Peacock. I just used my parents' peacock. Fuck it. Um, I really I wasn't gonna watch it because I knew it was gonna be shit football, and it was pretty shit football. Everyone was playing f- like blocks of ice. I mean, <laughs> rightfully so. And uh, we can't cannot skip over Andy Reid's mustache, classic icicle mustache. But yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I mean, my my buddy came up with a great theory on why this Chiefs game was on Peacock because of Taylor Swift. And all these little girls are buying Peacock. Dad, get Peacock. I want to see Taylor Swift. Ugh. 
Ugh. I really wanted to see the ratings for the game, like, on Peacock. But after after my buddy brought that up to me, I was like, shit, they'll probably be pretty good just because of that. And that's that's a piss-off. It was really funny she couldn't watch the game, though. <laughs> there are sweet windows. <laughs> the refs, this whole weekend, honestly, were awful. They were just terrible, missing blatant P.I. calls. There was a false start on the Lions that should have been an offsides on the Rams. But there was also a pass interference on the Lions that should have been called, but it was not called at all. But, yeah, uh, playoff pad is back in full force. Mahomes was slinging the ball out there. Rasheed Rice was going off. What a, what a great pick. Rasheed Rice, what a great pick by them. Uh, you can't win when you average three yards per play outside of the Tyreek uh, touchdown. That was uh, that was terrible. To a better hope said he stays in Miami, but he'll never win a Super Bowl. If he has to play outside in weather under 45 degrees, he's 0-5 in, under 45 degrees, that's not cold. If it were under 20, I would understand, but that still gives a 25-degree difference there. How do you expect to win a Super Bowl if you have to go on the road and go through these teams that have brutal winter conditions in the AFC. All of the AFC North teams, most of the AFC East teams, except for the Dolphins, uh, like it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. They need to be looking elsewhere for a quarterback, I think, in the near future. If the Chiefs and the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl, it'd be hilarious if Taylor Swift burned her jacket that Kyle Usyk's wife made for her. <laughs> okay, so those were the Saturday games. Dolphins, <clears throat> got it wrong. <laughs> I thought Tua was due for one. He wasn't at all. Not one bit. Okay, Sunday. Packers at Cowboys. Um... What were the Cowboys doing? Undefeated at home against the seven-seed Packers. Who weren't doing that great. They almost lost to the Panthers. But they came into Jerry World and they lit it on fire. Up 27-0 before the Cowboys scored. That is insane. I... (laughs) What do you even do? A lot of people are saying, fire Mike McCarthy, (laughs) Jerry, bring in Belichick. I think that would really make him the uh, Emperor Palpatine at the head of the Death Star. Oh, that would actually be so cool. Just the heel turn from Belichick. Not like he's already the villain, but that would be awesome. That was, I don't, uh, the Cowboys saw it. They were never actually going to come back. They needed to get an onside kick. But they kind of made it competitive. It was 48-32. to 32. They needed two touchdowns with two-point conversions to tie it. but And they were never going to do that. But that's It was a high-scoring game. Packers play the 49ers next week. I think they'll bring it against the 49ers. I just think that the 49ers are a little bit better than the Cowboys are. But the Packers have to be happy that they're not playing on the ro- uh, at home because it must be freezing in Green Bay. 
God, it was 18 degrees here this morning in Pennsylvania. Okay, so the best game of the week, I, I think. This was the best game of the week, and then the next game, next best game was the Steelers-Bills game somehow. Uh, Lions absolutely did boost Afford. <laughs> I really didn't think they would. I said, I even said last week, I think, that they have no reason to boo him, but they did. They they absolutely did. Uh, Sam Laporta is going to be good for a very, very long time. I already said that he's like a uh, Travis Kelsey many. I don't know. Is he? He's like a. He might be better than Travis Kelsey will be. I, I have no idea. The Rams really wanted to make a shootout early. And they it was going like crazy. But like I said, the refereeing has to be held to a higher standard. We cannot be having these bullshit calls in important moments in the playoffs. That was clearly, clearly a neutral zone infraction on the defense. But it was a false start on Taylor Decker. On a fourth and five, so it would have been first down after that. This gave the Rams the ball back with a chance to win the game. It was 24 to 20. So they only got a they got a field goal out of it. But then the Lions got the ball back. They didn't do anything with it. Then the Rams got the chance again to win the game. You can't be having that. The Lions would have at least got a field goal if they would have called that their correct way. I think I think they were in field goal range. I think they were at their own 40 or something like that. You really the defender offsides is not a judgment call. The defender clearly made the offensive lineman jump. Clear as day. And then the reason why the Steelers Bills game was on Monday was because of the snowstorm that hit Buffalo on Sunday. It would have been awesome to see that in uh in Buffalo. But May not have been able to see it. My mom mentioned a good po- good point. Someone said that the camera might be <laughs> blown around like crazy. <laughs> so you probably wouldn't have even been able to see it anyway. But it was still cold. Uh, fans still had to shovel their way to their seats. The one funny video I saw was the uh, Steelers fan dad with the Bills fan son. And the dad made the son clear out all the seats. He's like, you dragged me to Buffalo. You got to clear out the seat. But yeah, Monday is when I went to the hospital. So it happened. Literally, we brought the forklift in to the warehouse on Monday morning. We got there at 6 a.m. I went in there. Then we went on top of the office to take off the wood tiles that were... uh, on top of the electric room so that we could take out the switch gear, the temporary switch gear, and then put in the new one. Well, I went to go unscrew it, unscrew one of the wood panels, and I just took a step back right on the office ceiling tile, fell right through, tried to grab the uh, ceiling, the drop ceiling. I'll put a warning in there if you don't want to see this. It's not that bad, but two stitches in the tip of my finger, two stitches in the bottom of my hand. So I got to watch these games in the hospital on morphine. <laughs> At that point, I wasn't on morphine, but I was on the uh, the oxy. So I was falling asleep during the games. So I, I 
am a little bit foggy on this. I'm going to go over it not the like the best I can. Um, they really need, just need to build a roof over the stadium and the, for the Bills, though. That's all I'm saying. The Bills are really good when Josh Allen can get the run game going. I think they really missed having Gabe Davis, but this would have been a whole different story if T.J. Watt would have been able to play. Whole different story. I really think the Steelers would have won if T.J. Watt was there. I really do. Uh, are the Bills good enough to beat the Chiefs, even though it's at home? I don't think so. This Steelers team put up a fight against them. What was it, 17, 31-17? Yeah, it was 31-17, but it was 24-17 to 17 for a little bit there. And the Steelers had some opportunities. It wasn't... I, they were shooting themselves in the foot for the most part, but oh man, the Bills are not. The Bills are in trouble. The Bills are definitely in trouble. I think that the Chiefs will beat the Bills. We'll go over predictions later. But yeah, that uh, that was a great game from Josh Allen running. Um, and then what was my upset pick of the week from last week? The Bucks beating the Eagles. Got the last three games of the weekend right. Got the Lions game right. Got the Steelers game right. And I got this game right. The Buck the Bucks game. Um I took another oxy right at right before the safety happened when it was eighteen to nine Buccaneers. So I woke up at twelve o'clock and I looked at my phone and I saw that it was thirty two to nine Bucks won. I was like, no way did the Eagles not score a single point the rest of the night. I know that they didn't have A.J. Brown, but how are they this bad? What a... uh, It was shocking. They never got their shit together. It really seemed like they weren't practicing anything week to week and were just trying to figure shit out on the field during the game. I don't know what the hell they were doing. The Eagles really need to go back to the drawing board and figure something out. A.J. Brown or not, I don't think they would have won this game. That was horrible. So, yeah, 3-3 three and three on the week. Let's go over these division games. So, the divisional round, Texans-Ravens. Like I said, I do think that the Texans will put up a fight against the Ravens but I think that the Ravens will be too much for him. I think the Ravens win that one. Then we have the Packers at the 49ers. Like I said, 49ers are a bit more tactical than the Cowboys. They don't blow it in big situations often, unless Purdy is hurt. So I think that the 49ers take care of this one. I, I do think that the Packers will hang in there for a little bit. They might even be ahead for for a short time. All right, Lions and Bucks. I think this is the most intriguing game, honestly. In the well, I already said that the Texans Ravens game was probably the most exciting matchup. I think that this Bucks Lions game will be really good. They already played each other in the regular season with the cream sickles. And did the Lions beat them? Yes, the Lions beat the Buccaneers 20 to 6. So, it wasn't much of a game, but Baker Mayfield 
wasn't going off like he was that early. Yeah, that was week six. Yeah, week six. So I'm excited for that one. I do think that the Lions will still win, though. Um, uh, maybe I don't think it'll be as close as the Rams game. I think the added element of Stafford played a little bit more into that being in Detroit. So I do think the Lions will take care of the Bucks pretty handily. This one, I, I mean, Bill's Chiefs game is always fun. But I don't know. These these teams have both seen their dysfunction this season. Uh, this is Mahomes' first playoff game outside of Arrowhead Stadium or Super Bowl, which is insane. 15 playoff games has never had one outside of Arrowhead or a Super Bowl. What? What? But, like I said, are the Bills good enough to beat the Chiefs as they are right now? I don't think so. The Steelers definitely left some opportunities on the field that I think the Chiefs will take advantage of. And anything above zero degrees will be warm for them from now on. So, as long as it's not colder than negative four in Buffalo next week, I think they will be fine, and I do think they'll win. So, let's just go over that again. we got the Ravens and the Chiefs in the AFC and we got the 49ers and the Lions in the NFC that would make one hell of an NFC championship weekend hell yeah uh but uh but yeah outside of the broken skull brain bleed uh possibly torn uh, shoulder and uh stitches in my hand I think this has been a pretty good week of football. <laughs> Yesterday when I was in the hospital, I wanted to get out of there so bad. I was like, oh, shit, I just want to go home. It was like 1130. I was like, I still have to do the podcast tonight. <laughs> I'm always thinking of the podcast. But yeah, like I said, nice and easy today. Nothing crazy. Nothing overboard. Uh, Could have made it funnier, but uh, honestly... A little bit hard to focus. A little bit hard to focus since I'm in so much pain. But, yeah. Alrighty, everybody. <sighs> Go follow us on Instagram, uh, TikTok. Follow us on Spotify, Apple. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube. Leave a like. Leave a comment on all the episodes. Even if you don't watch it, just leave that like. Helps immensely. We thank you so much. Thank you for the continued support. This is episode 85, and we'll leave you with this. Uh, much, 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 much.